Arizona Diamondbacks trade deadline outlook. We get to talk Joe Mantiply. You and me are thrilled about this. This is Ryan Fickelstein, managing editor at Just Baseball. I've got Clay Snowden here, who wrote our outlook and has been pumping out the Mantiply content. So we have to start there. A left-handed reliever that suddenly is one of the most dominant in baseball, uh, an all-star. What's he going to get them, and why should they move Mantiply right now, even though they have some control of this guy? Mantiply is an interesting case. He was drafted a few different times in like the 30th round, finally signed with the Yankees, made it to the show after years in the minors, quickly left the Yankees, came back to the Yankees like three different times, um, spent some time in the Reds organization, and finally landed a home in Arizona. Pitched pretty well in 2021, but really had not established his name. 31 years old. You are the Diamondbacks. You have to trade a 31-year-old relief pitcher anytime that they're good, Um, especially or unless you're contending, of course, which they're not. I don't know what type of return. The left-handed bullpen market is very shallow this year. He's likely the top name unless Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers becomes available, which I think they should make him available. Mantiply is so bizarre. He does not throw a fastball. I think he's thrown a fastball less than 10% of the time this year. Relies on elite movement and soft contact, but he's been productive. If you can get back a mid-tier, mid-tier prospect, maybe even two of those, that's a big win. He has tons of control left. Um, he's one of those interesting cases where he debuts so late that his entire MLB career is under team control. So yeah. he's never going to like cash in on a big payday. So why not trade him? You know, if, if you value team control until Joe Mantiply is 37 years old, you're probably building teams the wrong way. Probably. And I think, like you said, this is a guy that can help any contender or the Mets personally. Uh, I would like to see them go out and get some Joe Mantiply. Uh, I, I think that's, that's a piece that should move. We're going to stay on the arms. Merrill Kelly is another one. Uh, he's like kind of right below that top tier. You know, if we're talking Pablo Lopez, maybe he's on the move now. It's Lopez, it's Montes, it's Castillo. Uh, Kelly could maybe even be the top name. Well, actually, him and, and you know Tyler Malley. But I think that he can get them something here. Um, the question is, I guess, how much could you get? And is he more valuable to the Diamondbacks right now? Yeah, Merrill Kelly's interesting as well. He also spent, so he spent time overseas before yeah. he came over was productive over there, pitched well with Arizona, really well in the beginning of the year, and everyone thought, oh, my gosh, is this a breakout for 32-, 33-year-old Merrill Kelly? Um, He signed, I believe, through next year, if not two more years, at around $10 to $12 million. So, And if you think that's really expensive for Merrill Kelly, you have to put it in perspective. Like Jordan Lyles, who's a negative war career player in his 11-year career, made $7 million from Baltimore this season just to be an innings eater. Starting pitching is really expensive. Merrill Kelly at $10 million, if he can be your, your number four, have a round of four ERA and just be a productive, you know, not great, but pretty productive MLB p- pitcher. I see teams jumping all over that. Again, the return, it's hard to read because how much does one team value Merrill Kelly? 
how much do you value a, a four or five pitcher? That extra year or two of contract may help. But at the same time, any team that wants financial flexibility is going to stay away from him. Even a contender, if you know you have contracts coming up that you want to resign or just prioritize other positions besides a back end of the rotation guy, they're probably going to stay away from Merrill Kelly. So it's going to be a unique fit. I think they could get a pretty decent return. And if I'm the Diamondbacks, I go ahead and do that, even though the future of their rotation is kind of up in question with Luke Weaver and Madison Bumgardner kind of either in Bumgardner's case, getting older Luke Weaver's case, just not being that good. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think any team wants to hang on to their pitching, especially if you're just trying to get through a season. So there's part of things. Sorry, right, we get rid of Merrill Kelly. What's that going to do to the rest of our guys? Who's going to do our bullpen, you know, who's going to be taking those starts, but you got to get value where you can, and I think that if nothing else, you can get one prospect you really like in this deal. Maybe you can get a lottery ticket or two thrown in. I think it's worth it to move them. Now, you got a couple of outfielders here to talk about before we get into Christian Walker. Got David Peralta, um, who I think could kind of get sent to a contender as almost just a thank you for his service, um, as well as you know maybe getting a little something back. And you also got Jordan Luplau. Or Luplo, I did it again. Luplo, yeah. Luplo. All right, so so what do you think about those two outfielders, um, what they could bring to contending teams, and, and what they could bring back here? Yeah, I see David Peralta in a similar case to like a Tommy Pham. Okay. They're both vets. They have a bit of pop, not a ton. Professional hitters. Um, one's left-handed, one's right-handed. Which one do you want? Tommy Pham comes with an option next year. David Peralta's on an expiring contract. Both will help you, and both have tons of starting experience. I don't know if a contender says, this is our our missing piece. This is going to be our left fielder. Slot him in, and we're good to go. It's likely going to be the injury replacement slash fourth outfielder upgrade. Who You know, that experience and contract, and they're both good hitters. They're not fantastic hitters. Peralta's kind of had... Hot streak, cold streak, hot streak, cold streak this year. I still see some value there. And especially like like I just mentioned with the financial flexibility teams, you can get off of him after this season. He's aging. I think he's 34 years old, likely near the end of his career. And with Jordan Luplo, you're getting a guy who you could see as a platoon and hit against lefties. Historically, he's been pretty good against lefties this year. Hasn't been as good. Um, I, I don't know if you have the stats up in front of you against left-handed pitchers, um, but he can play the corner outfield. He brings some pop, not a going to hit for a high average, but overall a cheap player who you can bring in and see, see some production. So this year against lefties, he does have the power. Uh, he's in 211, 299 on base, but 553 selecting. He has eight home runs against lefties, only three against righties. So obviously, uh, I think that's a guy that a team will maybe just trying to find a, a little bit of that compliment, whether it's in a DH platoon or anything else. Yeah, you could say, all right, here's a guy. I think the one thing that's interesting about players uh, like him, though, is I think there was more value when we had no DH. Uh, like, th- there's just... When you don't have uh, like a, an opportunity to pinch hit as often, um, I don't feel like some of these guys are quite as valuable as they were last year. And then, okay, and I totally agree with that because he was a good pinch hitter. 
However, he is the type, you know, I, I like to think of these moves and I'm sure teams do as well as what, what does this happen in the, what happens in the playoffs in the playoffs? You're going to see more pinch hitting. You're going to see games managed. Like it's game seven. You may see a seventh inning pinch hit against, you know, if a, if a tough lefty's on the mound and you have a lefty right fielder up to play, you could see him pinch hit. So it's a little bit more of a playoff move, I guess. And like I said, it won't cost much. I believe he's under team control for next year as well. Again, another fourth outfielder. And I know we talk about this a lot, and it seems like, okay, how much value? Why, why do you all talk about that? Because those are the players that are always moved. Yeah. It's always overlooked. They come in, and a lot of times those are the players that have a big impact. Look at the Braves last year. Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, um, they just went out and acquired, you know, Jorge Soler, a bunch of guys who were, yeah, they're starters, but are they really impact starters? No, but someone's got to click. For Atlanta, they pretty much all clicked. Yeah, and I, I think that maybe changed the perception of some of these guys. Like, I, it's, I can't remember any time where it's worked out like that, where so many of those guys, they kind of just threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and saw it stuck, and all of it stuck, and they found a way to win a World Series out of it. So it's kind of insane to think about and. As much as we say some of these guys will have an impact, uh, it's it's hard to think that any of them will have the type of impact that those Braves additions had last year. Right. Uh, you get to Christian Walker though. Um, interesting conversation to be had here. It's it's tough because you want pieces to build around, um, but is Christian Walker who you're building around? And I guess the other aspect of it, we we're just talking CJ Cronin is kind of a, a very similar situation. Is he more valuable to the Diamondbacks just to stick around for a couple of years, or can he bring them something that they should pull the trigger on right now? Yeah, and to me, the Diamondbacks do what most rebuilding teams have done, which is let's pick up players who need to change the scenery, a guy who got non-tendered. Let's see if we can flip them at some point. Christian Walker bounced around the league, just like Mantiply, found a home in Arizona, got playing time, and started to, to produce. All he really does is hit home runs. He's a three outcome player, home run, walk, strikeout type. He's not striking out at a ridiculous percentage. However, I do not see him at 31 years old, really being someone to build around, especially because finding a power hitting first baseman is not the most difficult thing in the world to find. I think you move him. There's going to be teams that miss out on Josh Bell. There's, you know, is CJ Crone moved and there's going to be teams that have a pie in the sky, first baseman type target that don't get them. And they're going to come calling at the deadline an hour or two before saying we need Christian Walker. And because we missed on these other ones, we're willing to maybe even slightly overpay. If I'm the Diamondbacks, I just go ahead and take that. Put Seth Beer in at first base for the rest of the year. See if you have anything in him. He's 25 years old with a good hit tool who just struggled a lot after a hot start, just, you know, right out the season. I, I just don't see a 31 year old who's kind of had a breakout in 2019 with the rabid ball. I just don't see that as a building block into the future. And when you look around at success, successful teams, how many of them have the late bloomer waiver wire pickup as a staple in their lineup? It just doesn't happen often because usually these players have a small window of success. They're not, if you're not super successful from 22 to 27, and then you're automatically successful from 28 to 30, 
the likelihood of you staying long-term is short. There's so few examples of late breakouts who continue late into their career being successful. So go ahead and trade them. Trade them, see what you can get. And I mean, at this point, I think if they're trying to get a big return at the deadline, we put it right here in our little subheading on this article, Christian Walker and Joe Mantiply are the two pieces that I think they have here that can get them some, you know, really nice prospects to fill out that farm system. And obviously uh, that's what they're going to be focused on here. What can they do to address that farm system a little bit? Because it's not going to be a playoff season for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but that was our outlook on their deadline. Make sure you check out all the articles at just baseball.com 30 outlooks, 30 teams also got 30 videos on 30 teams on YouTube and also the audio side, check out our podcast feed. If you want to listen as well, and we got the deadline coming up here a couple days away. It'll be excited to see where all these pieces land.